Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One guy I want to see the Mets sign. This is one of my priorities in terms of free agents. Is a guy who now all of a sudden, over the last two seasons, so it's a sample size of two years, looks like one of be- one of the better relievers in all of Major League Baseball. He is a converted starting pitcher. He is a lefty who can get righties out, lefties out. So you've got the crossover appeal. He is Matt Moore. Matt Moore was a, I don't want to say a failed starting pitcher because he had some pretty good years with Tampa Bay, but he got hurt. He started to struggle and was finally converted into a relief pitcher with Texas just a year ago. And with Texas a year ago, he was unbelievable. He was an innings eater. He put 74 innings out of the bullpen, had a 1-9 ERA. And then this past year, he had a very weird year because he was traded at the deadline. And then I think Anaheim like got rid of him, I think is what happened. I think Anaheim traded for him. I'm trying to remember. Actually, no, he well, was no. a free agent with Anaheim. That's what it was. They signed him as a free agent. And then when the Angels were going through the fire sale, that's what I forgot. And they right. realized, wait a second, we acquired all these guys, but now we're not any good. They put guys on waivers. They just said, all right, take the contracts off of our hands. So they did that with guys they had traded for, but they also did it with Matt Moore, who was a free agent signing from last year into this season. He gets selected by Cleveland. So Cleveland just picks him up off the scrap heap, even though he was certainly not worthy of being released in theory. It was just merely, hey, the Angels don't want to pay him anymore. They're letting this guy go. He barely pitches in Cleveland. And then they release him because they're like, we're not going anywhere. And then the Marlins pick him up and he pitched well for the Marlins. But because he was picked up after September 1st, he wasn't eligible to be in the postseason. So Moore actually never pitched for the Marlins. But overall, he had a really good year bouncing around baseball. Uh, That's the kind of signing I would make. Maybe it takes another one year contract. Maybe you got to give him a second. But now I got two lefties in my bullpen. Guys who I just don't have to set up against left-handers. Uh, he is now looking like he has established himself as a reliable major league relief pitcher, which is tough to do. Uh, that would be one of my priorities in free agency. I'd sign Matt Moore to a nice two-year, $15 million deal. Okay. If, because I like that. I, I actually love that, 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 that deal. But if for some reason, okay, so these are the three left-handers that I'm looking at right now in the bullpen. Besides um, Rayleigh, if it's not Hader, I love more. If it's not more, there's one other on that list, and he's got that tie to Council. It's 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 Brent Sutter. Oh yeah, that's another one. Yeah, 
Is that someone that you would would you? I don't remember how his numbers ended up with, but again, a, a former starter turned bullpen guy had has had some decent moments with the Brewers. Would you be looking at him if if the if the Mets miss on Matt Moore? Because he may now that he's been established, he may be one of the more expensive arms to the lefty. Yeah, I mean Brent Sutter has been. Over the last couple of years with the Brewers, like you mentioned this past year with Colorado, has been one of those reliable relievers. He stays healthy. He can give you innings. He can give you multiple innings. So, yeah, there, there's actually, it's it's weird. There's actually a bunch of left-handed relievers in free agency this year that I'm intrigued by, almost more than others. And Sutter's one of those other guys who's also a reverse split guy, so he's not a lefty specialist. The other guy I'll bring up is a guy who really can get lefties out. And that is old friend, not old friend. We just know about him a lot because he pitches for the Yankees. Wandy Peralta. Wandy has been a very reliable reliever over the last few years with the Yankees. And he too is a free agent. He is 32 years old. He has spent the last three years with the Yankees after Brian Cashman made a great, made a great trade to get him. As much as we all kill Cashman, it was Mike Tockman for Wandy Peralta, which was a pretty keen deal. And he's been a very consistently good reliever for the Yankees over the last two and a half seasons. That's another lefty I would take a look at. One lefty I would not take a look at is Aroldis Chapman, who's also about to be a free agent. He is wild, man. You know, watch him in this postseason. He's not he's not even in Bochi's circle of trust. You know, he's there, he's around. He has given him some opportunities out of the bullpen, but for the most part. You could see Boach saying, I'm just trying to get to LeClerc. I'm just trying to get right to him. I ain't messing around with the role this Chapman. Uh, Phil Maton of the Houston Astros, who we saw have some de- decent moment in game seven, was the one who actually got out of that first inning. Is a decent right-hander to take a look at. And this is a complete project. But I thought Drew Pomeranz a few years ago looked so effing good out of the bullpen. The problem is he has not pitched in three years. Three years. Drew Pomeranz basically hasn't pitched. So if you sign him, you have to kind of know going in. Yeah. This well, wasn't, that a, wasn't that the whole thing when he's because he was originally a Colorado Rocky, right? That's where he developed as a starting uh, pitcher. I kind of remember him in Oakland for some reason, if that was well, his... he, he He was in Oakland. Too, no, you're right. I... It was Colorado. Then it was Oakland. Then it was but Boston I, or something. Yeah. But I think the main thing of why he never really developed was because he was trying to be a starting pitcher and he could stay healthy. So that's kind of back to the norm now. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he got converted to the bullpen in like 13, uh, 19, like four years ago. And he pitched amazingly well for San Diego, which is great after he was good with the Brewers. But he hasn't pitched in two years. So it's one of those things where if you sign him, you kind of know going in. So those are some of the free agents that are out there trade-wise. We've been connected to David Bednar a lot over the last few years. My concern with Bednar, not his pitching. He's 29 years old. He's under team control until 2027. So obviously that's not a problem. He had a great year last year for Pittsburgh, was an all-star, led the league in saves, had a two ERA. He was great the year before, the great year before that. David Bednar has proven to be one of the more reliable late inning relief pitchers in all of baseball. Here's what this comes down to. Number one with the Pittsburgh Pirates trade. This guy is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know, if you're the Pirates and you got a hometown guy and he's a dominant closer, why are you trading him? I mean, look look around baseball. You're the Arizona Diamondbacks. You win 84 games. You sneak into the playoffs. You're in the freaking World Series. The Pirates should have that goal every single year. 
That That's what Rob Manfred wanted with this playoff format, and that's what the Pirates should want. So number one, A, the Pirates going to trade him. Number two, let's say they decide, you know what? We're not a serious baseball franchise, which they're not. We're going to trade David Bednar. Let's all ask ourselves a question. The Mets now have this quote-unquote loaded farm system. Mets acquired a lot of prospects over the last year. Are you prepared to trade top prospects, because that's what it's going to take to get a relief pitcher? That's what scares me. You know, it's one thing to spend a lot of money on a relief pitcher. It's one thing to say, spend $18 million a year on Josh Hader. It's one thing to take a risk on a Matt Moore or sign, you know, Will Smith, who seems to be a good luck charm. He goes to the playoffs and World Series every single year. But to trade for David Bednar is going to be a heavy cost. And that I'm scared of. You know, the trade market is a weird marketplace for the Mets because unless you're trading major league players for other major league players, are we really interested in trading young prospects with star potential for a relief pitcher? So I ask you that, Pete, because I'm not. Maybe you are. Well, what do you consider, like, is Vientos somebody that's no. a... No. You wouldn't trade him? No, I would. I would. I'm saying that's not getting it done. What I'm saying (laughs) is the Pirates are going to look at the top 100 list of prospects in Major League Baseball, and they're going to see a bunch of names now on that list, and they're going to say, we want Jet Williams. The Mets are going to say no. They're going to say, we want Luis Angel Acuna. The Mets are going to say no. We're going to want Drew Gilbert, who they got in the Verlander trade. The Mets are going to say no. But that's what the Pirates are going to ask for. And I'm not willing to give that kind of prospect up for a relief pitcher in David Bednar. Well, we said that with Edward Diaz. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I mean, no, I'm, I'm being I'm being serious. We all got pissed because it wasn't the fact that you spent the money and you bought Robinson Cano's contract. It's because you gave up Jared Kelnick on top of that. that but, but is that your off. argument to then do it again? Yeah. Nah. If 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 you're if you're telling me right now that we can have one of the better bullpen arms in the league, and how long of a control does he have until 2027? Like you have him for a bunch of years. That definitely is appealing. Yeah, I, I, I would I would do that because we look at prospects and say we want them to turn out to be professionals. We compare Acuna to his brother and hopefully could turn out that but we don't know. Bednar's proven that he's great. Yeah, but that attitude with prospects would lead you to always trade them. Because yeah, you're right. They're they're lottery tickets. You don't know. And I, I fully understand that. There are certain guys that's worth the risk with. I just don't know if I'm there with relief pitching, especially when you look around baseball and you look at the teams that have had success. They find relief pitchers everywhere. I mean, the Arizona Diamondbacks are hilarious to me. The Arizona Diamondbacks in game seven against the the mighty Philadelphia Phillies used Joe Mantiply, who, by the way, (laughs) has not been good, but he used them. Ryan Thompson. Ryan Thompson was released by the Rays. 
Ryan Thompson could have been picked up by anybody. Ryan Thompson had a six ERA and a playoff team said, get off my roster. And the Diamondbacks picked him up. And all of a sudden, he's in the freaking circle of trust, getting four huge outs against the Phillies in the postseason. In game seven, they used Andrew Southfrank, who wasn't even in the major leagues until September. We mentioned Kevin Ginkle, who maybe his bender isn't as comparable to Drew Smith, but his track record is. And then Paul Seawalder, they acquired at the deadline. Like that, that is, that's the bullpen of the defense of the defending of the new National League champions. And, and even the Phillies, the Phillies go to Jeff Hoff. Jeff Hoffman is one of their more reliable relievers. Matt Strom is one of their more reliable relievers. And the one they acquired during the offseason that we were all jealous of was Gregory Soto, who sucks, <laughs> who they would never use. So <laughs> that's my fear. That, and that's a legitimate fear. I'm not afraid of trading players for other players. It's not like I'm afraid of all trades. But I must admit, even though the Edwin Diaz thing, yes, has worked out, I am deathly afraid of trading big-time prospects for a relief pitcher. That's that's a concern I'd have. You're still having nightmares off of J.J. Putz. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I am. They <laughs> traded Joe Smith in that trade, man. Joe would have been great for a bunch of years. <laughs> a couple of potential trade targets besides Bednar. Look in the National League East itself with the Washington Nationals. Kyle Finnegan had a pretty good season this year, saving almost 30 games for the Nats. Hunter Harvey looked really, really good at times pitching for the Nats. I don't know where the Nationals are in terms of seriousness to competing. They do have some good young arms in their rotation, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, guys like that. But I think those kinds of relievers can be had, and if they could be had at a reasonable cost, we're not going to get them for free, but getting them at a reasonable cost, that's not a bad reliever or two to kind of throw into the fray of the bullpen that we mentioned that to me features Diaz, Rayleigh, Adovino, two guys from the group that we saw last year, and then three acquisitions, David Robertson, Matt Moore, and a third guy. And if you do that, at least on paper, I'd feel good about that bullpen. Imagine I get what I want. Robertson, Moore, and let's say they trade for Hunter Harvey. I'll throw a trade in there. And all of a sudden, you got a bullpen that features Diaz closing, Robertson, Moore, Rayleigh, Adovino, trying to get that baseball to him, Hunter Harvey, Drew Smith. It's not a a terrible bullpen. At least on paper, I feel like I build some competence. I mean, not for nothing, but Hunter Harvey's much better than I think people realize. His biggest issue has been the injuries. That's been it. I mean, besides that, he has been – his numbers in Baltimore and Washington are pretty good. One guy that I do like, trade potential, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Again, going back to Milwaukee, you know, with the ties there, Devin Williams, any possible way, he's got two years arbitration, no. 24 and 25. But you run into the same, you run into the same problem as David Bednar. If the Brewers not decided, bad, no, Devin Williams is fantastic. I'm not, I'm not, trust me, I'm not saying I don't want him. I'm saying you got to keep in mind what that price is. That is going to be an expensive, expensive, expensive ticket to buy. Yeah, but if they're looking to, uh, if if certain guys aren't looking to come back, like Burns is 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 frustrated with them, right? And he's not coming back. 
and they need to trade him. You package him and a guy like Devin Williams. You would you would put together a nice package for those two, no? No, I I mean, you're going to have to. <laughs> like if if the Brewers decide to blow I I also am very skeptical that the Brewers would be interested in making any kind of trade with the Mets because the owner I know Matt Arnold and David Stearns have a relationship so a part of you says oh that makes sense that Stearns and the Brewers would make deals and maybe on the low level deal you're right but when it comes to dumping Corbin Burns and Devin Williams I don't know man I don't know if the Mets are going to really be set up for that by the way another guy in this postseason that has just jumped out of me is obnoxious not nothing against the guy but Josh Spores, who comes in a pitch basically every day for the Texas Rangers, the guy had a five and a half ERA this year. The guy had a six four ERA the year before that. But yet, so far in the playoffs, he's pitched eight and two thirds innings and has allowed one run, and he's appeared in eight games. And the Nash and the Texas Rangers have played twelve games. They have played twelve postseason games, and Josh Spores has come in on eight of them. He's ahead of Chapman in the circle of trust. So while we talk about all the guys they should target, it is so infuriating to see this because it's a reminder that if the Mets are going to have success next year, if we're sitting here talking about playoff baseball, there's going to have to be a reliever or two or three that we don't even have on our radar that they develop into their Josh Spores or a guy you pick up off the scrap heap like the Diamondbacks did with Ryan Thompson. That's the key to bullpens. So these big names are fun and they're interesting. And you brought up some of the big closers they should trade for. Bottom line is you're going to have to develop some guys out of absolute nowhere. I'm going to throw a name out there. And it's a di- totally different reference, but in hockey, one guy used to float around on playoff teams every single year. Used to get traded at the deadline. Essa Tikkanen. Yes. Used to would used to make, you know, just find the, now listen, I'm not saying that the, this guy in the Rangers is that, that type of guy, but didn't perform well in the regular season, but all of a sudden playoffs he steps up. And that's the type of guy you need need to find. Absolutely. Will Smith, bring him in. He's a World Series lucky guy for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, you can email the pod with thoughts, the Rico B at gmail.com, the Rico B at gmail.com. I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks. I think we all are right, because we don't want to see Max get a ring. Yeah. I think the Diamondbacks rooting for the Diamondbacks is easy and it's not offensive. It's not an appealing World Series. I'd be the first to admit it. We don't have that raging interest that we would have had if the Phillies were in it. But whatever. I'm still happy. <laughs> I'm still happy the <laughs> Phillies are dead. That's what really matters. Thank you for listening and downloading another edition of Rico Bro. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 